Praise God. Are you ready for the word this morning? I know I am. I am so super excited about the message, the word the Lord has given to me to share with you this morning. Let me tell you something. I just want to share something with you. God is for you. I mean, he really is. God is for you. He's not against you. He literally is doing everything in his power for you to experience the goodness that he declared over your life. So just tell your neighbor, if you don't know them, say hi. But just tell your neighbor and say, God is for you. Come on, come on. You're, you're, you're so good looking. Of course, God is for you. Amen. We have the best looking church. Amen. In Marion. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to begin in the word of the Lord this morning. Um, I ask you to pray for me um, because one of the things of bringing the word is, is you hear it from God and how you bring it to your people, to his people. Um, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit to do that. I oftentimes say, and I'll say it again, that only God can know everyone that's here and give a message and meet every single one of your needs. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. And so we want to look at today as we continue on the series that we started earlier in the month called No Other Name. No Other Name. And so we looked last week at the heart of the Father, part one, and we're going to we're going to launch into the heart of the far, heart, the heart, excuse me, of the Father, part two, uh, today. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter three, verse sixteen. I think we can all say that without even going to our iPad or smartphone or dumb phone or however we. How many download the new iOS something for iPhone? Download that. That thing's messed up my phone, man. I'm like, what? Used all my data and it messed up my phone. So my 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 daughter said. And all the Androids people are like, stop talking like that. Okay. So um, my daughter uh, said, this is probably the last time, uh, Dad, that you can download the new update because I, I got the 5. I got the, I got the iPhone 5. And I think they got the 7 coming out now. And then the 7S and the 8 and then the 9. And they keep going. But John 3.16 is a scripture that many of us should know if we are football fanatics and how many of you watched the Buckeyes play last night and how they won in Alabama before we get a fight going on and all the different schools that you're cheering for. But oftentimes at a football game, you would see someone hold up the sign that said John 3.16. I think it was Tebow, wasn't it? I think they had it written on his uh, thing here. Tim Tebow. I think it was him that had it. Uh, on his thing. So John 3.16 is a familiar scripture to the world. Uh, it's very familiar. Many people uh, know the scripture off by heart, but let's unpack it if we can this morning, shall we? And see if we can see the heart of the Father, because someone here needs to know and needs to lean on the heart of God and hear his heartbeat. You know what I mean? You think life is over. You think life has drained every single ounce of energy that you possibly have. That financial struggle, that health uh, report, something has tried to suck. You just need to lay like John did on the breast and just hear the heartbeat of your father because he is for you. If there's anything you get from the message today, I want you to take that, package that, open it back when you get home or in your car, that God is for you. 
Someone say, God is for me. And maybe you don't believe. I pray that as our time together, it'll penetrate every dark area, every area that seems to be holding you back from receiving the revelation. Listen, one encounter with God can wreck you for the rest of your life. Just one. I'm not talking two. And praise God if we got two, three, four. We must desire encounters with God all the time. But just one encounter with God can change your marriage, can change your ministry, can change your business, can change your life. One encounter with God. So in John chapter 3, verse 16, the word of the Lord tells us, For God so loved and dearly prized the world, the Amplified Version says, that he even Gave his one and only begotten son. That whoever believes. And there it is right there. As savior. Shall not. Someone shout. Shall not what? God is for you young people. God has things He has promises that he wants to unveil to you. And he says that you shall not perish, but have eternal life. Someone ought to clap your hand just for that. We can, we can, I can turn the mic off and go home just from that alone. That alone will heal every racial divide. That text alone will heal every single political divide. That text alone will cause ISIS to just put down their weapons. Come on, somebody. Because it's not a religious declaration. It is a relationship that's packed with Deuteronomy's power of the heartbeat of God. We have presidents that, that swear that they will uphold the Constitution and that they love this country, but yet it pales in comparison for God's love for this nation. That's why this November I vote Jesus. Come on, somebody, and leave the rest up to him. If we vote Jesus, we'll have a great nation. I promise you that. I promise you that. And so we see this unveil right before us, John 3, 16. For God, so he gave. So here is God giving us now his son. And so Jesus came. To reveal then in his destruction of the works of the enemy. Let me tell you, the Bible said Jesus destroyed the works of the enemy. The works of the job, the works of the enemy destroyed them. And in doing that and doing the miracles and healing open, uh, the, the blinded eyes and those who are lame who are walking. All that Jesus did in his miracles, in his power, in the totality of the kingdom was simply to reveal the heart. He heals because he's good. He delivers because he's good. He restores because he's good. He wants the world to know that he is good. And so Jesus now came with the mandate from the father to reveal Not just the hand of the Father. Come on. God, what can you give me? Not the hand, but the heart. The heart, you get the hand. Mm. Right? And so we see tragedy and we blame God because all we know is his hands. And we call the acts of God. 
But when you know the heart of the father, you know his ways. So you can step back and conclude and say, that's not God. That's the enemy. And you can tell the world who's blaming God for destruction. No, no, no. He destroyed the work. And he has a good plan for your life. For God so loved. I don't care if your family has disowned you. I don't care if you have done so many things that you think God can't reach you. Come on. God is after you and he will not stop. You have to keep running. But he will not stop coming after you because he so loved the world. Jesus came to reveal the heart of the Father. So, in revealing the heart of the Father, one of the things that we must understand is this word called honor. Is this word honor. It is, it is a culture of honor that ushers in the love of God. When when, when we honor God as father, he releases things that makes me a better husband. He releases his grace that makes me a better person to be around. Because where there's honor to there's honor to you. It doesn't matter what you do to me, as challenging as that is sometime. He didn't say to honor you because you were good to me. He says to honor you because I'm honoring the father. And in doing that, I release something in the atmosphere, hopefully, that allows you then to see the love of God through me and see the goodness of God. So honor is very important. Honor is critical. Last night I had the privilege, and, and, and every time I get an opportunity to visit Gary, um, he always speaks a word to me. So I go to encourage me. And so we were there yesterday, Megan and myself and, and Lizzie, and we were talking, and he's got so much vision in him. Lying there and he's still talking vision. Hey, Dilla, go get that report that I wrote. Go, go get that thing. Let's, let's talk about it. I'm like, yes. And I told him, I said, Gary, we are praying for you. We believe you. We miss you. And you're speaking like, and the atmosphere was so rich in that place because there was honor. And I get text from Della after and saying, he, he was so pumped by the power and the presence of God. He was trying to get out of his bed. Whew, good God. For God so loved. Mm. He tried to get out of bed. And he couldn't. And he's, I said, he's activating his faith. So I said, babe, I'm going to wear his shoes today. I said, I, I put on Gary's shoes. He came and he preached and he had these shoes. And I keep them in my office. And I'm going to preach in Gary's shoes today. Because I'm releasing an honor to an individual. That has so much faith to know that for God so loved. That God loves Gary. And wants to see him heal. Come on. And I said, he can't get out of bed and walk, but I'm going to walk for him. Come on, somebody. Oh, Gary is walking today. Come on, somebody. He's walking today. Come on. You may think this is so strange. What are you doing? But come on. When you know the heart of the Father, you know honor. And I can honor him for what he's done for me and my family and for this ministry. Oh, come on. I'm walking. I'm walking in honor. So Jesus then walked in the feet of the Father. And brought honor to him. And so in Matthew 11, turn with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to verse 27. The Amplified says this, Matthew 11 to 27. Come on this journey with me because I'm going to get us to the activity of the Father. But I got to do a quick review if that's okay. For some of you who may not be here, just stay with me. Amen. Just, 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 just lock and load. Lock and load. Are you at Matthew 11, verse 25 yet? Verse 27. It says, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, 
I openly and joyfully acknowledge your great wisdom. Mm, like that. That you have hidden these things, these spiritual truths from the wise and revealed them to infants, to new believers and to those seeking God's will and purpose. So right there. So, so, so you're going to connect with Jesus if you look at this. If that you openly and with joyful. Now that's going to change your attitude. So you're not going to experience the love of God if you have a bad attitude. Because you're allowing your circumstance to trump the love of God. No pun intended. You see what I'm saying? So, so you can't do that. You have to understand that it is that can lock things or can open things. And he says if you got joy, which is your strength. Because you mess up the devil. Because he sends his pinion to go and try to mess you up. And in the midst of your challenge, in the midst of your bill, you're starting to say, well, give God some praise and give God glory. He's like, what? And as you worship and magnify and glorify the Lord, you open, up the, you open yourself up to receive what God has for you. And so he says, it's not given to those to understand God. See, I would rather watch this. I'd rather, I'd rather offend my mind. I'd rather offend my mind if it's blocking me from receiving what God has for me in my heart. You feel me? And so sometimes we have to, we have to look at that and say, I'm going to block that out because I can't allow that to penetrate my mind because it's going to change my attitude. And he continues, says, yes, Father, for this was way was well uh, pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one fully knows, accurately understands the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal himself. Father, reveal yourself to the gathering place this morning. Find favor, find grace. We need you. We're dependent upon you, Lord. We want to know your will. And so here it is, Bill Johnson, I quote, and here's the conclusion when it comes to the Father. We have a Father. He is perfect. He is wild about us, and he has made, ready, provision for us to be restored to him. And that provision wasn't material. The provision was his son that gives you everything you need. So the very thing that we need to meet all of our needs, our money, whatever it is, God doesn't make light of it. But he's saying what you must understand is provision is not in prosperity. Sorry, it's, not, it's not in property. And when you understand that, you understand the heartbeat of God then. Okay? So quickly now. So here are some of the things from last week. So we looked then at the affirmation of the Father. That the Father wants to affirm you. And that if you are going to walk in any sort of victory, you must know that God is for you. He's not against you. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22, it says while he was praying, Jesus was being baptized. So baptism is important. When he was being baptized and he was praying, the heavens were open. Watch this. A preview, so, so to speak, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In this one encounter, oh God, in one encounter, we see a revelation so deep that you will miss it. But if you get your eyes on Jesus, you're going to see what he opened up. And so the Bible says that he was baptized by John the Baptist in obedience. And it says that when he came up out of the water, the heaven was open and descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son. My beloved, 
in whom I am well pleased, and the Amplified says delighted. So obedience then, with honor, opens up the heavens. We have the ability, through obedience, to open up the heavens. Parenting 101, children, through your obedience, you have the opportunity to open up the heavens. In your home, you have access to all the rich resources of your parents. So it's important then that we're speaking words of edification into our homes. We're speaking words of edification if we own a business to our employees. Because an obedient employee, come on, will get the promotion. And so as a church, we got to get early, come on, and we got to be there, we got to be productive, we got to be a witness. Where? At our workplace. So guess what? Because we are revealing the heart of the Father in our obedience. And when we do that now, John 8, verse 25 and 30 says this now. This is now talking, and, and he says to them, uh, I have many things to say and judge concerning you, but he who sent me is true. And so he's defending the authority he has to represent the Father. The religious folks were always having the biggest issues. The religious folks were the one always having the biggest issues. Huh? That religious system has got to die. It has got to die. It's done enough damage. Come on. It's got to die. And so he says in verse 29, and he who sent me is always with me. I love this part. He has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. And so last week we were just declaring that and people are receiving that. And, and, and so here it is now. So, so at, at the Foursquare, at this conference, when we walked, May God and I felt like, oh my goodness, we're alone. And God says, no, you're not. And here's what the Lord told me. He says, I fought for the gathering. He said, I fought for this place. I fought for every church that's honoring me, that has a heart for me in this area and where you live. If you belong to a ministry that, that, that has a heart for the Father, God has said, I fought for that ministry. I fought for that church. And you're not alone. You're not alone. And that was important for Jesus because here he is now being accused and they're talking about his mother and, and they're talking about his birth and the, 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 the religious people were doing everything that they could. David says, you were born. I mean, they were just, they were just doing everything possible to get at Jesus. They were doing everything to try to make him lose his identity and the enemy speaks lies to you so you would try to forget who you are and forget the love of God and he'll bombard you until the day you go in the ground or you get raised in the rapture. The enemy is going to try to continue to accuse you so the heartbeat of God becomes faint. And you think that God has died. And because the closer you get to the heart, the more you hear the heartbeat and the further you get away and the enemy is speaking to you, get away, get away, get away. And the activities happen in your life and you don't understand those things. So you blame God and you step back and you look 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 and you say, God is lost. God says, I'm not lost. You left your first love. Come back to my heartbeat. I'm a good God. I've always been here. I've never. God is committed to your success young people he's committed to your success over here God is committed to your success you're not alone the affirmation of the father let me go 
And it's through the affirmation of the Father that God now is able to release the authority, the authority to Jesus, the authority of the Father. God is the one that delegated this authority to Jesus. Why? Because he honored him. He obeyed him. He walked in the fullness of the obedience that God had for him. Jesus, our example. Authority simply means this. It's in the Greek word means dunamis and exousia. Some people have the dunamis. They have the ability. But some don't have the exousia or the authority or the right to do something. But as the church, we have the ability and we have the authority to bring the righteousness of God to a nation that doesn't know righteousness. Come on, somebody. That ought to make some of you smile and slap your neighbor and say, I got authority. Well, not to slap them, but I got authority. I have authority in this realm and in that realm. It's been delegated to me. God loves you so much. He delegated authority to you. Wow. Didn't have to be voted in. It was voiced in. Oh, my, 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 my. I'm starting to fit in these shoes. Come on, somebody. I'm starting to. I think he's size 10. Amen. I think I'm nine and a half. And keeping my shoes on. Praise God. Someone say, I have authority. Because I'm loved by God. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I have authority because I'm loved by God. When your kids ask you, why are you doing that? Because I have authority. I'm loved by God. Uh-huh. Amen. So the authority. Then we looked at the attributes of the Father. Let me go through this real quick. These aren't all the attributes of the Father, but these are just some I just want, I just want to park into you. Jesus is not a wimp. He's not a wimp. Okay, so let's not, we're not this weak Jesus, the cross like He's not weak, he's not a wimp. He has a whip. <laughs> so in John chapter 2, verse 13, 18, remember he at 12 years old was in the father's house, right? And he's asking questions and he says, hey, where were you? He says, I must be about my father's business. I must be about my father because that's where my father is and I want to be where my father is. And he's now 30. And he comes into the temple again. He says, hold on a second. I was 12 and you all were still doing the same thing. I'm 30 years old and what has that done for you? Give me that whip. He said you're supposed to be life changers, not money changers. He throws it over like that. Tosses the money over. He throws the table. And the Pharisees, they're like, who do you think you are? He said, I have authority because I know who I am. Huh? He brings out a whip. And what God is saying, whenever a religious system starts to plague in your mind, he's got to whip it out. He's got to take it out. Because if you stay in that system, it will destroy you. It will destroy you if you stay in a religious system. It will cause you not to be able to access what God has for you. Are you feeling me? Are you feeling me? The second thing is this. He now says, his wonder. In John chapter 5 now, we, we, we see his wonder. And so, and so it says in John chapter 5 and, and verse, verse number 20, For the Father dearly loved the Son and shows him everything that, 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 that himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will be filled with wonder. And verse 20, just as the Father gives them life, he raised the dead and he gives them life and allows them to live on. Even so, the Son also gives life to whom? He wishes his wonder. How many know people before they knew Jesus, they were just horrible to live around? Huh? 
You couldn't stand them. And you couldn't sit with them. But all of a sudden when they encounter Jesus. And their countenance changed. Come on somebody. I'm here to tell you. I remember my mom who, who used to drink. And when I got saved from camp. That's why I'm a big believer in camp by the way. Let me do a plug for camp. You need to send your children to camp. I promise you. I promise you that. I know my two girls are excited. I went to camp and got saved. I know my wife is glad I went to camp and got saved. Okay. And so here it is now. Here it is now. The, the, the wonder. The wonder of it. Right. And so my mom, she, I, I came home from camp and she says, hey, hey, brother Rowan, how are you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, how'd you know? She goes, what are you talking about? To the Lord at camp. She says, yeah. I said, yes, I did. She goes, I was only, I didn't know that I was only joking. I said, I gave my heart to the Lord, mom. God, God just came and encountered me. He did. And I've ever told this story, but, but back then, you never told your pastor no. Because you didn't want your parents to know you told them no. Because the pastor will whip you with the whip, and then your parents would. So you just obeyed. Can't do that now. They'll call children services. Okay, so, so you go, right? And so he walked up to me, and he, and he prays me to the altar here. And, and, you know, and I give my heart to the Lord. And so I'm home now. And so here's my mom. I'm just talking about when you encounter God. So she always used to have, um, I think it was Jamaican, I think it was Guinness or, 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 or Black's Blue or, or something was always in the fridge. And, and I watched this all the time. And so this time, this time, she went to get it. And she popped it open like she normally would, the religious system. When it tried to go down, it just caught back up again. She said, maybe I just held the bottle wrong. And so change angles maybe and switch my body. That's what religion will do. If it's not working, you try to manufacture something. Come on, because you're committed to get that thing to come inside of you. And, 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 so, and, so, and so she changed her, her posture, but didn't change her heart. And so this time she tried and it just wouldn't go down. And finally she says, maybe I'm not supposed to be drinking that then. And so instantly... My mom was delivered from drinking alcohol. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. His wonder. As a kid, I saw her all the time drinking. But here it is now that when she encountered God, she wasn't even saved. It was just because I just stepped into the, oh, good God Almighty. I stepped in and the love of God ushered into that room. God says, no, no, no. Uh -uh. That may not be everybody's story. But I'm telling, he's got a wonder for you. He, he's got a wonder. And it's better, it's better than just this wonder bread. Come on. Huh? It's better than that. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. He wants to fill you with wonder. He wants you every time we gather together to tell your neighbor, God's been good to me again today. God has been gracious to me again. His attributes are penetrating to me. God is so good. He restored everything that the enemy tried to steal. Oh, the Holy Ghost just reminded me. Remember, babe, when we were when we were at church in Toronto, and this person went up and he says, he says, the, the Lord is going to restore to you seven enemy took from you. That was back in 1999, I believe, or 1998. And now I'm here to say we are walking in it. God has strategically place my wife and I right here come on and every single one of you whose butt is grace in that seat God wants to show you his wonder he wants to show you his wonder 
We thought God was, 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 we never blamed him, but we're like, God, maybe I'm supposed to just flip burgers the rest of my life. And I'm cool with that because it's more about you. But God says, no, come on, come on. No, no, no. I'm here to tell you that God is taking you out of a pond. He wants to put you in an ocean. Come on, somebody. God wants to make room for you because God has some great things for you. Someone needs to make some room for God. Come on, say, I'm making room for God. His heart is so big, you got to make some room. You got to move your state. Come on, you got to take territory. Oh, my God. I feel the power of God in this place. If you know God is a wonder, shout, he's a wonder. Ah, bless God. Mm, let me hurry up. Some of y'all want to go. Let me, let, let me hurry. And then here's the crazy thing. When you get a bunch of wonders in a room and you attach worship to that. Ooh, my, 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 my. Oh, I feel like running. I feel like jumping. I feel like shouting. Hallelujah. <laughs> some of you saying, where did we walk into this morning? Worship. Mm, 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 mm. And so in John chapter 4, Jesus then breaks that religious mindset and sets this woman free who for years was coming to this well alone. (laughs) Who at 12 o'clock when the sun was out and was so hot would go to the well alone, but not this day. Just says, I'm going to show you a wonder. And when she encountered one encounter, she dropped the pail. One encounter, she dropped her lifestyle. One encounter with God, she ran back to the men and says, come see. Come see a man who prophetically spoke into my life, the goodness of God, and revealed the Father to me and broke every religious mindset, everything I thought I knew about God. He broke it down in one sit-down conversation. Come on. Y'all just need to sit down in his presence and let God have a conversation with you. And God will reveal to you the deep things he's put inside of you. And I'm here to tell you I'm like a pit bull. And when I see the gift inside of you and I get a bite of it, you're not going to let go. you got to be like Jacob sometime. I'm not letting go until you bless me. I'm going to hold on to God, I don't care where you throw me, God. I'm going to hang on tight because you are not able to let me go. Because I'm not letting go. Worship. I promise you, Gathering Place, and all those who are listening to this message, that if you walk into an environment, if your house has this particular environment, if the attributes of God exist in wherever you are, And that's what Richie was talking about. When they were coming to him with words, he just spoke of God's wonder. Coming to you with words, just speak God's wonder. And then you just start to worship. Change the atmosphere where you are. Change the atmosphere. And I promise you, we'll become so attractive that we will destroy this law of attraction. Come on, somebody. What we're looking for is a people who are hungry, a people who are honoring, and the people that love Jesus Christ with all their heart. And if we can do that, if we can do that gathering place, if you can do that in your home, if you can do that in your business, I promise you, prosperity like you've never seen it before because provision was already given. Can I preach this thing this morning? Am I with the right people this morning? Can I preach this thing this morning? Can I preach it? Now watch this. This is important. This is important. After we look at, at the worship now, we have to now look at his will. His will. We have to look at his will. Because in the worship, he says, the Father looks for those who worship it in spirit and in truth. So because...
has declared this then, he has to get you to line up with his will. There are four types of will I want to share with you real quick, and I'm going to get to the last thing I really want to, I really want to uh, throw to you. There is first the stubborn will. As Deuteronomy 21, the Bible says that in Deuteronomy 21, as he's talking about the nation, how to get a nation to love God, he says you must bring correction. If you fail to bring correction, you're not showing the love of God. If you don't correct your employees, you're not showing that you really love that employee, that you want them to get better. If you're not bringing any sort of correction, I'm not saying condemnation, I'm saying correction, so they line up with the righteousness of God, so their will comes alignment with your will, come on, then you are not going to see them be productive and prosper like the way you want them to prosper. So it's important that we understand the will. So real quick, there's a stubborn will. And it's that if, 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 there, if you have a son or a daughter that comes to you and won't listen to the father or the mother, he says, you bring them to the elders. And the elders now will talk to stubborn, glutinous, rebellious kid. So the character of this child doesn't match the, con- sorry, the conduct of this child does not measure to the character of the father. So not correcting, you're showing yourself that you have no character. So because you have character now, you correct the conduct of the individual. Because if you don't, in Deuteronomy, the nation or corrupt the society or corrupt your home or corrupt your business. Oh, good God Almighty. And he says, now, if they don't listen to that, you need to stone them and, and, and get them out so that so, so, so that particular mindset, that spirit, that attitude doesn't reside. Huh? Here's what the problem is, though. Most people who are correcting correct out of anger and not an affirmation. And so you have authority as a as a boss you have authority but because you've never been affirmed or you don't know affirmation you have no affirmation you take your authority and you lord it over people and you use it now to manipulate you use it now to influence them in a negative way and that ought to not be the church people should be able to walk in here be corrected because they want their wills to lamp with God because the heart of the father and so we have a stubborn will we got to break that someone say break that the second thing we have to see is the strong will is a strong will this was in the parable. We talked about this last time during the son. That there was the elder brother and then there was the son as well. Okay? And the strong will. Here it was that, that, that one strong will, I want to get my stuff and go. The other one, the strong will, I'm not coming to the house to celebrate what you're celebrating. And so we see now the strong will. But Jesus comes now and says, hey, the love of the father, it was the father. The parable in Luke 15 was all about the father. The father said, I know you got a strong will, but I'm going to come to you. I'm going to bring you here because there's great things in store for you. And in bringing him in the house, he brings correction to them. So there's a strong will. And when you're dealing with a strong will individual, Spirit, what we have to kill is their understanding. We have to find out why is it you're acting like that. And so we have to then show the love of a father. And that's how you'd be able to win over a strong will individual. Okay? But the two that we want to make sure that we walk in is what I call the submitted will. The submitted will. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 to 11, he says now, we looked at worship, right? And we talked about the father, God is, uh, God is, a, uh, is, is, uh, is a spirit. And then that worship must worship his spirit and truth. Here he's now. He's telling how he operates. And so in verse number, uh, verse number nine, he says of Hebrews chapter 12, moreover, we have earthly fathers who discipline us and we submit and respect them for training us. Shall we not much more willingly submit to the father of spirits and live and by learning from his discipline for our earthly fathers discipline us for only a short time as it seems best to them. But he disciplines us for what? For our good. So we may share in his holiness. 
Holiness is an attraction. It means purity. It means transparency. Holiness is what says, be holy for I am holy. So holy is not a religious word. Holy is a word of relationship that you're now reflecting the character of your father. So there's transparency now. I want Megan to look through me and see the father. If she looks real close, she'll see the pimples that I have. She'll see some of the marks on my face, right? So I've got to then give her another image, the image of the father. When she sees that, she knows, understand that I'm submitted. So therefore, Ephesians now says, husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave his life. So secure in that love. Why? Because I'm submitted to the father who corrects me. Does that make sense at all? It certainly does. Right. And so if you see me as a pastor submitted to the father. Right. And submitted to my counsel, then you're going to be able to trust when I bring correction, because you know that if I'm submitted to the father, then therefore you're going to be submitted to me. And that's how it works. Why? Because we want honor to be released, as I said earlier, because we want obedience to flow through. I know I'm preaching this thing good. I got to wear these shoes again. Come on. Somebody. Ooh. OK. And he says that and he ends. He says in, in verse number 11, he says. And your lifestyle and God, he says, he wants your lifestyle and your attitude to conform to God's will and God's purpose. Okay. So that was submitted will. And finally, finally, here it is now. Here it is. If we want to see the activity of the father, if we want to see that we're going to get to, we're going to launch you out with this. If you want to get to a place where you can see the activity of the father, that you can know, you can know that the father is moving in your life, that you can know that father, God, his heartbeat is working for you. He says, once you get to this place where you now have surrendered your will, someone say, I surrender. Son, should go like this. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Or something like that. But you know what I mean? So, so, so that, what, all to I surrender. All to him, I give. Correct me, Lord, so I can line up with your conduct. I can line up with your character. Correct my conduct so I can line up with your character. That's ought to be a wrap. Line me up with your conduct. Okay, so the surrender. And Jesus now gets this place where he knows the assignment. He knows what he came to do. Jesus now goes and says, Father, I submitted to you when I came to earth. And I listened to everything you said. But I really have to go to the cross? You love them that much, God? I healed. I delivered. I did all that. I, I still got to go to the cross? I still have to go to the cross. Jesus had seen crucifixions. He knows what was ahead of him. God submitted is not enough. You want me to surrender? And there are people right here that God is saying surrender. Surrender. Come on, put your hands up. That's worship. Say, God, I surrender. I know I'm submitted, but I surrender now. Have your way, God. Have your way. I give my children to you. I give my business to you. I give my church to you. I give my ministry to you. I give my my wife. I I, I give my girlfriend. I, I give I just I just surrender, God. Because all I want is your love. And so the love of God caused Jesus to get up from that place. And says, Not my not my submitted will. But your will be done. Have you ever made that statement? Have you ever made that confession? God, not my submitted will, but I surrender to you. 
It's somebody that you've surrendered and you wonder, God, where's the one? I mean, it's coming. The heartbeat of God. Don't be distant. Don't get discouraged. Don't be depressed. Hold on. Stay right there in that place of surrender because the Father has a good plan for your life. He's working. That's why waiting. In the midst of the waiting, in the midst of that surrender, God is working. Paul says that he always worked to bring about his will and his good pleasure. He's working. He's not unemployed. He's working. So in the midst of you breaking down from a stubborn, come on, to a strong, to a submitted, to finally a surrender will. Daddy is working. And so we have to tell people, wait till your daddy gets home. So when they come to church and they're feeling discouraged, wait till daddy gets home. He's not working. And when you feel like discouragement and you miss him, I feel like I'm alone. Say, no, daddy's never left you. It's the last place he wants to leave and the first place he wants to come home to. And so Jesus sat there in a surrendered posture. I can't wait to go home. I can't wait to go home. He's working on your behalf. Listen, Phil, he's working on your behalf. Reggie, he's working, man. He's working. He's not unemployed. He's not doing the hustle. He's working things out for your good. All things, the Bible says. Who can finish that scripture with me? All things. Woo! Y'all know your Bible. Say it again. And all things. The challenge, the struggle, the betrayal, the abortion, come on, the decision, the fornication, you name it. It's all working together for good. The struggle, the sin, the suffering, it's all working together. Oh, good God Almighty. God is working. Just look to the heavens and see his creation. On your behalf, don't you quit. He's working. He's working, trying to get that husband. Don't you quit. God is working on him. Keep putting that book on that pillow. Keep anointing that pillow. Come on, somebody. Prophesy over your children. God is working. And finally, after all of that, we get to the final point is this. The activity of the Father. I said from the beginning that God is for you. And I'm going to give you now four things. One, two, three. Well, maybe five things that you're going to be able to know. That God is. Is this okay? Are, are, are we good? I got, I got a few more minutes. Is this good? Because this is going to change your life. I know it's changing my life. So to, to those who are surrendered. Here's the activity of the father. While you're waiting. The father is working. And the first thing he says this. Is we must pray. We must pray. Jesus was known for his prayer life. You can't surrender without spending time in prayer. It's impossible. And so he says this in Luke 11, as he explained to them how to pray, he ends it by saying, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Ponder that. What father? Ian, what father? If Ashley and Gavin ask you, for a fish. Why would you give him a serpent? You give him what they asked for. 
What father among you, he says, if a son asks for a fish, he'll give him a snake instead of a fish. Or if he asks for an egg, he will give him a scorpion. If you then be an evil, that is sinful by nature. Know how to give good gifts to your children. So the best you can do for your daughter, God is saying it's still sinful. You may have the best father in the world that, that taught you everything you know. And he's saying here, it doesn't compare to what God does for you. What? Are you talking about God? And so he brings the point home to them. And he now says it's because in prayer you must understand that God is for you. Or you will approach prayer as a religious exercise. And you wonder branches while you're waiting. And you don't know that God is working. I feel this thing in my toe. It's about to make my hair grow back. It's so good. So good. This is so good. Someone said this is so good. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Best two hours every day so far. Amen. Praise God. How much more will your heavenly father... Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask him. Park the bus. Time out. What is God in this relationship he has introduced before? John 3 saying, for God's love, he gave his son. And now he's saying, because I cannot have you as an orphan spirit, an orphan mindset. His assignment, he surrendered, he's going back home. And you're going to think he left you and you're going to think that I've left you. So now I'm going to give you the comforter. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit where Jesus was limited geographically. Holy Ghost can go everywhere. Oh, I feel this. Thing. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. There's something stirring on the inside of you. Come on. It's been dormant for a while, but it's stirring. Someone say, stir in me, Lord. The gift you gave me. Huh? It's the Holy Spirit. That's what you need, young people, to go to your school. You need the Holy Ghost. Then you try to take prayer out of your school and say, excuse me. Daddy's working. I need my moment. Father, bless the school. Don't be intimidated by what they're doing. Don't be intimidated. You drop when he says, I surrender to Jesus Christ. And not to the religious political structure. I promise you, you'll see the wonder of God like you've never seen before. And the media will have to report that. They have to report that. Oh, let me go. So prayer, prayer, prayer is, is vital. Because when you pray now, we get peace. And so in John chapter 20, I, I got five. in John chapter 20 now, it says this. It says this in John chapter 20. They saw Jesus crucified and he was, he was on the cross. He was, he was there. And, and so they, they took his body. And so the Romans were guarding his body. And now they all scattered. They saw their savior brutally Taken out. And they all, they're saying, where is he? And so, the second thing that the father is doing is not just when you pray. He's saying, I'm here, I came to give you peace. So when it was evening, verse, uh, uh, John 20, verse 19. So when it was evening on the same day, the first day of the week, uh, though the disciples, though the disciples were meeting behind, fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said to them, peace to you. Now, now, please understand what, what happened. The door was locked and barred. 
nobody's getting out, nobody's coming in. The Jews put a hit list on the disciples. Are you feeling me? What's going on now? This is now we we got him. Now we can get his followers. He's gone. It's like you've been gone, AJ. And Alex is hiding because daddy, the protector, is gone. The door is barred. And that's how some of our hearts are. Is we've been disappointed and our hearts are locked and no one's coming in. No one's coming out. And we wonder why our relationships aren't working. Because no one can come in and you're not giving anything out. And we're living like this because the religious system is holding us. Because we fear something. Whatever that fear is. We, we're afraid of it. This orphan mindset. The door is locked. Jesus now. Are you ready for this? Doesn't knock. Because they may confuse him. With the enemy. Oh, y'all missing that. Did you hear what I said? The door was locked. Nobody going out. Nobody coming in. Because religion, they said, we're locking you out. And when you lock out religion, you also lock out your ability to have relationship. Because you're afraid of what it did. This doesn't knock, Ryan. He walks through the door. God you can't keep me out of your life they're like oh my look at here and then they worship because they saw the wonder and so while they were afraid God was working down come on and he said all power all power and he says I got him now what is he going to do death and God says well I'm working I'm working. And the power of the resurrection whew, brings him up. He says, once and for all, I've conquered the very thing that we fear, which is death. And here it is now. What we need to enter our hearts is the presence. And he steps in. He says, peace be to you. My presence is here. I love. I love I'm not going to try to sing, but I love your presence. You think I should? <clears throat> One boy saying, go for it. I said, don't you dare. <laughs> As I was saying, amen. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's a great place for the manifest to come in. Let's just sing that song. And I love I love your presence. Holy Spirit goes, call reinforcement. Yes, yes, Holy Ghost. That's how you solve that. Do I do it? Not do it. Call for help. Call for help. His presence. We began and the atmosphere was thick with God's presence. He's working. He's working, man. He's working. He's working. He's working. He's working. <laughs> He's active in your life. The activity of the Father. He's working. Young people, He's working. Gavin, he's working, buddy. He is. Even at your young age, he's working in your heart. He's working. He really is. He's working. He's working in the gathering place. He is. He's always been working. He's always been working. And so what we need now is the third thing to know he's active is the power. You can't transform your life without power. You need power. You need a dunamis exousia. You need power. Power to perform 
comes from God's presence. I'll say that again. The power to perform comes from God's presence. If you want to please God, it takes the power that comes from his presence. The fourth thing. The fifth thing is Pentecost. Pentecost. Every time we gather, it's Pentecost. Every time we come together. With this. Let me end. I'll finish this. Let me end with this. Why was Pentecost significant? Significant. Not just because it was part of the religious calendar. Because the calendar we use is a Roman type of calendar. The Jews had a calendar that was based on the feast. That was their calendar. So it says in the day of Pentecost, it was strategic because it was according to the, the feast. The feast was important. But here was these disciples who he said, now, stay in Jerusalem and then I'll launch you out when, when, when I'm going to launch you out. Are you following me so far? So Pentecost was this. Here was significant Pentecost. Not just the coming of the Holy Spirit upon them and gave them power to go and perform. You know what Pentecost proved to the disciples? Oh, who's ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready to understand what Pentecost really proved to the disciples? That gave them boldness. That who was hiding behind barred doors now. Open that door and says, let me tell you men of Israel. It's Jesus Christ, the power of God. There was a transformation that took place in the room. It wasn't just the fire of the Holy Ghost. Yes, that was important. But something happened. The day when the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost. Are you ready for it? Uh, y'all ain't ready for the answer. Come on, you got to worship, 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 worship. I love your presence, Lord. I love. I love. I love your presence. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I love, I love. I love your Okay, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Take it down. Take it down, take it down, take it down. Watch this. Uh Watch this now. Jesus said to them on the mountain, I go, but I promise you I'm going to send. And so they watched him as he ended up into the heavens so the Bible says they watched him and here he was gone he spent 40 days talking with them from the resurrection and giving them all kinds of things and he goes he says go to Jerusalem and wait wait the father's working and the moment Jesus broke through the heavens and said daddy I'm home he says now Send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, AJ, here's what they were saying. Jesus made it home. Oh, God. Because he doesn't lie. So if the Holy Ghost is here, that means Jesus planted himself right at the right hand of daddy. He said, I made it home, boys. I'm not an orphan. He said he was going to give me a comforter. The Holy Ghost. Jesus made it home. Let's go, boys. Let's go. We got power. We got his presence. We know Pentecost. You ought to stand to your feet and give God some praise. Jesus made it home. I love, I love.
made it home. Your and now he's with us by the Holy Jesus, you got to know him. He's Savior. He's the Son of God. And he loves you so much. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he surrendered his will. So you can surrender your will to him. If you don't know him as Lord and say, I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to raise the hand with every head bowed, every eyes closed. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to do that. He's Savior, He's Baptizer, He's Healer, and He's soon coming King. That's the Gospel. That's the Gospel. And so today we've spent our time looking, looking at Him as Savior. And I want to let you know that He's here to save you. You're not alone. You're not alone in that marriage. You're not alone in that business. You're not alone in that workplace. That Jesus Christ is with you. He's given the Holy Spirit. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, raise your hand just, just so I can see. A plan for your life. Okay. 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 So now we got five minutes before you gotta go. And 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 if you gotta go to Bob Evans, there's already a lineup, so you're gonna be okay. Alright, so watch this now. So minutes before you gotta get out of here and do the rest of your day's activity. God bless you and all that you're doing. Don't forget God and all that you're doing. And please understand that he's for you. But for, for the next five minutes, in the next five minutes, can we just sing? Can we lift up our voice? Because God is for us. He's not against us. For God so loved the world. And if you are experiencing your daddy's love right now, I want you to go ahead and give him a praise. That starts right from your diaphragm all the way up to your vocal cords. And open up your mouth and let Mary know that God is for us. And he's not against us. Open up your mouth. Come on, manifest. Open up your mouth and say I love, I 
bless you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. You're a winner, young man. You're a winner. It's for you. You know that. He's for you. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's for you. 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 Come on, say he's for me. Yes, he is. He's got good things for me. He's got good things for me. He's got good things for me. He's got really good things for me. I pray, God, as we leave this place, we never leave your presence. We're not orphans. We are children of the living God. And Daddy, you love us. And Jesus, thank you for interceding for us. And say, go gather in place. Go, you can do this thing. <laughs> you can do this thing. I'm interceding for you. I'm pushing back darkness. I'm, I'm pushing things out of your way. You can accomplish the plans and the purpose of God. That's for someone in this house this morning. You will accomplish the plans. You don't want to miss next Sunday. When I talk about a prophetic promise. Here, here, here. here what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I promise. I promise. I promise. Turn off my mic if you have to. Watch this now. I want you to write down that prophetic promise. That thing that you buried and thought it was over. On that didn't come to pass and you are wondering about the wonder I want you to write down that prophetic promise and I want you to bring up into this Holy Ghost filled atmosphere next Sunday and we're going to lay that promise at the altar and we're going to say daddy I know you're working so I believe I'm going to see the wonder before the year is over come on before the clock strikes 12 and ends 2016 daddy you've been working and you're going to be a wonder I want you to pray. What do you believe in God for? And we're going to pray and intercede and believe God because we love his presence. And Jesus is saying, you will make it. You will. You will. I love you, Reggie, man. I love you, buddy. God bless you. Greet someone in the joy of the Lord. And tell them, tell them, God is for you. Be blessed, my brothers and sisters. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Keep smiling.